Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Well, thank you, Charlie and Miss Teen Crypto there. Some great conversations that we got to listen into. Next up, here to share insights on the future of Litecoin development is Litecoin's very own shadowy supercoder, David Burkett. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm David Burkett. I'm a developer for Litecoin. I've been working on Litecoin for um, a few years now. Uh, I'm just going to give an update on some of the big features we've been working on, uh, both on the protocol and, and there's some community development and stuff going on too. So, um, first and foremost, uh, as Charlie and Ms. Team Crypto talked about, Litecoin is all about being money. Uh, so it, it tries to be you know fast. At the time, it was created at two and a half minute block times where, you know, much faster than, than what we had. Um, but it's still still plenty fast for, for your everyday transactions. Uh, a couple minutes of waiting for it, especially for online transactions is nothing. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of us use Bitcoin from time to time and we have to wait the 10 or 20 or 30 minutes for a first confirmation. It can be very frustrating. So it's, it's you know, a lot, a lot better uh, with the, the shorter block times. Um, there's also very low fees. Uh, we have four times as many blocks as Bitcoin, so we have can have four times as many transactions. Uh, we, as long as there's, um, as long as we have this these extra this extra block space, then there should be less competition for it, and, and the fees should generally be lower. Right now, they're they're very low. You don't have to wait till 2 a.m to send your three Satoshi transaction. It's pretty much um, a low fee all the time. Uh, and we were also the first major coin to implement SegWit and Lightning Network. So if those blocks do start to fill up, we have those to fall back on. We'll get instant transactions with those and um, we can we can scale very well there. Um, and reliable, they, uh, they just talked about the 10 years, the 10 year anniversary and, and during all that time, there's never been any downtime at all, which is quite impressive. Uh, it's just, it, you know, it's always there. It's always reliable, and and you need that for money because if you if you think of like the holiday seasons and you go to a um, you know, a major department store and suddenly Visa didn't work, it'd be chaotic for for many many people. Um, so you need to be money. You really need to to be reliable all the time. You've got to You've got to just be there when it's needed. And so um, that's really affected how Litecoin has developed. Uh, they've taken a very conservative approach. Um, we we pay very close attention to what Bitcoin does. We'll adopt their features after they've proven, or if it's something like SegWit in the past, we'll, we'll actually adopt before them. But we're very, very cautious about what we include at the core layer because you know we, we need to make sure that we're always going. We're not going to... We're not uh, Ethereum trying to be the world computer or anything like that. We're not trying to do cutting edge everything uh, while risking um, the most important application, which is money. Um, so that's that's really influenced how uh, developers look at Litecoin. Um, it's it's got you know all these great properties. There's other properties of of money too. It's divisible. Um, it's you know easy to 
easy to, to transport. Um, but there's one that we're, we're really missing, which, uh, as you mentioned before, was fungibility. Um, fungibility, uh, this is from Wikipedia, so you can trust it. Uh, in economics, fungibility is the property of a good or commodity whose individual units are essentially interchangeable and each of whose parts is indistinguishable from another part. So in other words, uh, one Litecoin is one Litecoin is one Litecoin. Uh, you don't want uh, you don't want to go to a store and and have them uh, and and have um, different Litecoins valued at different amounts and try to figure out based off the price like you know with, uh, how many of these these Litecoins you need. You want to be able to just look and see oh this is ten Litecoins any ten Litecoins will do. Um, but if you have some coins that have a history attached, um, like if you think about how a blockchain works, they have um, you, each coin has a history. Uh, you can trace it back and, and see past transactions it was involved with. Uh, let's say one of those past transactions was blacklisted by some companies with maybe involved with some kind of illegal trade, or even some of those coins were involved with some other coins that, um, that were involved in some kind of illegal activity. Uh, at, depending how closely uh, that, that past activity was, uh, the odds of it being blacklisted places may increase or decrease. Um, so what you really would end up with there is, is this kind of um, this uneven system of, of some coins being weighed more than others. And, and you'd have like uh, some come at a premium. Like if you were, if you wanted brand new fresh coins uh, from a miner, you would end up paying more than one Litecoin for each one of those Litecoins. Uh, and, and when you have a system like that, it's really, it's just a barter economy. You don't have a base monetary unit. It's, it's just, you're always um, bartering for, uh, for goods and that kind of defeats the whole purpose of being money. So you want to, you want to make sure that you can just price things in Litecoin and every Litecoin uh, is accepted for it. So in order to do that, we need to we need to make sure every Litecoin is indistinguishable from the other. You don't want to have, you don't want to be able to see that history at all. Um, and right now, for Bitcoin and Litecoin, that you you definitely can't. It, it doesn't have that fungibility. Um, so our focus for the past few years has been providing this this final property of money. Um, whoa, hold on, sorry. All right. Uh, the way we're doing this is there's there's something called um, uh, Mimblewimble. It's a it's a protocol for um, providing confidential transactions. And confidential transactions just means uh, the amounts are hidden. There's uh, if you look at a blockchain, if you look at a, a block explorer today, you can see amounts. You can see um, in certain cases you may be able to see um, employee you know, your your coworkers what they're how much they make, what their salary is, if you're able to track those transactions down on a blockchain. Um, so that, you know, that's not a very good uh, property of money as it is. You don't really want other people um, seeing how much you make or how much you spend on things. Um, but also, uh, if you think about it, um, the if, you, if you're looking at a block explorer, you can, um, based on the amounts, you can often tell whether something is change or not uh, so you can you can see the direction the coins go because every every transaction has um 
has an amount you send to someone else, but then it can also receive some change back. Uh, and so by having the amounts there, it makes it easier to figure out which one is change and which one isn't, which is all very useful information if you're trying to track down the history of a coin. Uh, and that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid um, others being able to, to trace a coin because we don't want a history really attached to a coin. Um, so Mimblewimble provides these confidential transactions, which hides the amounts. But they also do something called uh, non-interactive coin joins. So for every transaction today, you have some coins you're spending and some coins you're creating as part of that spend. So if you, if you spend 10 coins, then you can send nine to someone else and one back to yourself as change. Um, and, and it's easy to follow the money that way. But by doing non-interactive coin joins, what it really means is each block, it takes all of the transactions from the block and it takes all the coins being spent and it takes all the coins being created and it just combines them all together into one big transaction. And when it does that, you, you lose the individual um, history of each coin. It, you, it makes it a lot harder to, to track who spent which coins and where they went. And that's, that's the property that really gives us um, the fungibility from Mimblewimble. And, and it, um, it does this using very conservative crypto. It doesn't, it's not crazy cutting edge stuff like uh, Zcash or other coins are doing. It's, it's the same security properties as, as Bitcoin. Um, so it's, it's very safe, but uh, we get all these great advantages of it from it. And there's also um, one really cool aspect of how Mimblewimble works is that you actually can delete old data while um, maintaining the same security properties. So it actually scales better. Uh, typically with confidential transactions, you there are three or four or sometimes a lot more uh, times the size of a normal transaction. But with Mimblewimble, it's actually smaller uh, over time because less data is needed to be stored. So you, can, you have faster sync times and, and that improves decentralization among other things. Um, so yeah, we, we wanted to use this Mimblewimble, but then uh, for a while there, it looked like it might not be possible. You can see Charlie back in January, 2019 says it changes the blockchain too much, has to be a hard fork. But we, we found later that there's this thing called an extension block, um, which uh, is, is a pretty clever mechanism, very powerful, but it it's, allows you to add like a second block to every block that can have its own set of transaction rules. You can, um, the transactions don't have to look anything alike, uh, anything like the normal transactions do. Um, and each block will just have like its, its own copy, its own, um, its own separate extension block, but that follows a separate rules. And you can send coins back and forth between those two blocks. You can see uh, in the, image here how uh, there's this second, this arrow to a second block for, for each one of those blocks. You have your normal chain and they also have this additional data that, that could follow any odd set of rules you want. You could even do really crazy things like decrease or increase supply and other stuff, but we're not doing anything shady like that. We're just, uh, we're, we're supporting Mimblewimble on this side um, so that all you will need to do for for um, for clearing, for erasing the history of your coin, or for at least 
obscuring the history of your coin and making it so that everyone looks similar to others is you can just send it to the special address uh, and it, it moves it to like that other block in the chain um, where you can follow the Mimblewimble rules. Uh, and this only requires a software. There's no need to um, have every node out there upgrade immediately. You can, uh, nodes can upgrade slowly over time, just like SegWit was a soft fork. Um, this is not going to be, uh, it's not going to result in a chain split or anything like that. Um, so that's, we decided we would implement Mimblewimble via an extension block, and that's where we get the name MWeb. So uh, the status of MWeb. Uh, we started developing in late 2019. Uh, it's a community-funded project. Uh, every month I do a, a detailed monthly update. You can go out onto litecointalk.io. You can go read all the past updates. Uh, they're fairly detailed. Um, I just uh, I just submitted a new one yesterday. You could read it. Um, but we've done some some really cool things over top of the normal Mimblewimble protocol. We've uh, we've included non-interactive transactions. There was there was kind of a limitation with how Mimblewimble worked before, to where um, it, it was harder to transact with some people uh, because both had to be online at the same times. Uh, unlike standard Litecoin, where you just send to an address and they can receive it whenever. Well, we were able to get that. Um, we were able to make some improvements on Mimblewimble to add that uh, support back. Um, and we also we also have these stealth addresses. Um, so one way people de-anonymize themselves, or or one way that you can um, learn about a transaction in in the in the chain is if you uh, if, if someone sends coins to the same address. So if they they have two different transactions they're involved with and both end up sending coins to the same address. If you reuse an address, we know that address is owned by just one person. Um, and so like a big, a big source of, of privacy leaks for Bitcoin.